Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. This morning we're going to be in Revelation 13, starting with verse 11 till the end of the chapter. And the last time, the message was titled, Foundation Set for the Antichrist. Now, I said I taught this 12 years ago. Um, A lot has changed in 12 years. A lot has changed. I went through this last Sunday. But you have a, a political and a spiritual wing of this coming dictator. So it's not now. It's in the Earth's future. The Bible is very clear about that. Uh, This person, as we speak, these global entities have been set up already. Uh, The infrastructure is there. The military equipment is there for this political leader or this global charismatic person to sit on this, you know, this head, this autocracy of the globalist movement. And I I really made a good case. I built a foundation for uh, understanding how easily this, this could occur in a year or in a few years or very soon. Uh, but God knows. We don't know. This, today's message is titled Spirituality, uh, Deception, and Propaganda. Now, this is really important because spirituality, when we look at the, we live in a physical realm, but we also know we live in the spiritual. You know, there's, it isn't just the atoms that make up our body and everything around here. There's forces that are outside the tangible world, the molecular world. So when it comes to spirituality, that is a place where people can be deceived the most, right? That's where the most deception comes in. And I have to tell you that even in some churches, there's been a lot of watering down of the word, watering down, watering down. So when the Lord comes and removes his church, and the earth continues to go on, what the earth is going to find out, or people that are here, is that even so-called Christianity, it'll be the Christian culture at that point, because the church will be removed, uh, there'll be a lot of deception. There'll be, you know, the more the word is being pulled out of the Christian culture and Christianity, you know, it's ripe for deception. I don't know how many of you know this, but I was very interested in World War II. I studied it for years. That a lot of dictators, autocrats, have a political wing and a spiritual wing. In their evil genius, that's the way they bring the country together. So if they can't get them politically, they also want to get them spiritually. Uh, Adolf Hitler consulted astrologists. He was into the underworld. That was his form of spirituality. And he got a lot of people to follow what he was doing. So there was a political wing, but there was also a spiritual wing. Joseph Stalin... Uh, worship the state of communism. You know, when you go to these communist countries, um, the risen Christ, uh, resurrected Jesus is, is not, you know, it's not something that they like. You know, they want, to, they want you to really worship the state. As a matter of fact, in North Korea, there's a, it's a religion called Jush, which is a worship of the communist party. So these are the things we need to know. I'm, and I'm just, I have a lot of information. I'm just kind of setting you up for how the world is going to set up this political leader and his ministry of pop propaganda. So we're going to look at this in five parts. Uh, I'm going to read 11 through 18 right through. Just really try to focus on every word here because there's a lot in these um, few verses. So John says, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. 
And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, which was the Antichrist, the globalist that we talked about, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast, right? Sort of a replica. We'll get into that. Who was wounded by the sword and lived. We talked about that last Sunday. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let he who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So one out of five is the introduction to the beast out of the earth. Who is the beast out of the earth? Right? This propaganda minister, this spiritual leader. No semblance of vestige of God at all. But we also know him in the Bible as the false prophet, the Antichrist spiritual advisor, or the global ecumenical leader of the last days. I mean, this is going to be coexist on steroids, you know, where the political leader, the Antichrist, is going to get everybody to come together politically, which you think is an impossibility, but this guy is smooth. He's going to make it happen. The false prophet or the second beast is going to get all the religions of the world that are left to unite and to have some sort of common thread. So they're both going to work in concert to have this autocratic control over the earth and its population. So the Antichrist comes out of the sea. We talked about what that meant. The false prophet comes out of the earth. Why the earth? Well, the earth versus heaven, right? This will be a preaching, not of God's word, it won't be, you know, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. It'll be preaching. It's going to be an earth religion. It's going to be heaven on earth. The earth is your utopia to deceive the people still here to not look towards God. But some will still get saved in this time period, shockingly, to worship Mother Earth. There will be elements of the New Age movement, right, which has a, has a very large umbrella depending on who you talk to. Verse 11, he says, he has two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. His appearance is beneficent. He has gentle qualities like Jesus. He has two horns. Now, if you saw him, it doesn't mean you're going to see the horns coming up through the hair, um, but it means this is a symbolic uh, picture to explain a spiritual truth. He uses deception and propaganda to get the people to follow the Antichrist or the charismatic global leader, right? Every person has a spiritual void, and this false prophet will capitalize on that. Now, when you have a spiritual void, you become vulnerable because, I don't know, it's something about chronology, and as time marches on, there are just more cults popping up every year. There's cults, you know, and, and the things they do are very bizarre, and they, they grab people because people are searching. The human soul has a void that it needs, that it has this, this vacuum that has to be filled. And if it's not filled with Christ, it's going to be filled with something else. It's 
going to be filled with something dangerous. So the second beast causes the world to worship the first beast, right? So the second is also evil, but there's a hierarchy. Now, what you have to see as we go through this, it's, and I call it evil genius. It's actually brilliant. I'm not happy about it, don't get me wrong, but it's brilliant on the side of the demonic realm. However, the demonic realm doesn't have an original thought. Everything Satan does, and yes, he is a real figure, is a counterfeit of the original. Satan sees what God does and how he gets so many people to worship him, and he's always wanted worship, so he sets up a counterfeit, right? In John chapter 15, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, right, Jesus is on the earth in the first century, says to his disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify of me. That's the Holy Spirit's, one of the Holy Spirit's main roles. But look at this. What the false Holy Spirit or the, the, the spiritual advisor does is he gets the world, right, shaking your head, to testify of the Antichrist because he's the false Messiah. Again, it's evil genius. And you can see the cults. I've seen people in cults that had more dedication to their cult than some Christians have to Jesus Christ. How the heck do they do that? But it's, it's demented, it's distorted, it's twisted. So this is going to get very fascinating very quickly. And, and no doubt, and I'm going to try not to, I know I'm going to offend somebody here, if not a handful of people. I have to put Pastor Jason back in, Dr. J, because he's good at offending people too and won't make me look so bad. But here we're, we're here to tell you the truth. We're not here to lie to you and make you feel good, right? He spoke like a dragon. Now, these weren't... These weren't scary words, but they were ungodly things dressed up to look spiritual. I'm going to give you, just so that people don't get too offended, you're like, what is he going to say? (laughs) Three denominations. One is going to be ours, Calvary Chapel. The other one's going to be Catholicism. And the third is going to be Protestantism, mainly um, the Baptist Convention. So let's look at this. These three movements have issues and problems within them. They have growing pains. They have positions where people are trying to become global. So let's start with the Baptist. It doesn't matter who goes first. So in the Baptist convention, if you actually go home and go on your search engine, look up controversies in the Southern Baptist convention, what you'll find is there's some people that have kind of snuck in into leadership that are diluting the word of God. So they can bring these other heretical and worldly doctrines into the convention. They're also globalists. You know, the funny thing about the heart of man, and I could say it is about women too, if it's unchecked, it just sees its ego as a God, you know. And and I don't understand how some men who lead their flocks, they just want to have something bigger. If they have 1,000, they want 10,000. If they have 10,000, they want to go global. It's, It's this wickedness in the heart of man. So Southern Baptist Convention, we're having a problem. There's, there, there's leadership that's trying to rise up to have more power and to have a global footprint. Calvary Chapel. There's weird people in Calvary Chapel. I'll be the first one to say it. I might get a phone call after this today. But I don't care because I'm not a liar. There's guys, same thing. Their church isn't big enough. Their following isn't big enough. They're, they're global men. There's, again, and there's a... There's a there's a parallel here is they watered down the word of God and to bring these other doctrines in to get a bigger audience. I'll leave you with the Catholic church. doesn't matter which one's first, which one's last. A lot of Catholics are having problems with Pope Francis. Pope Francis, I've got a lot of articles in my office. He says things off the cuff. 
I suppose if you've brainwashed everybody to believe that everything you say is from God, they don't question it. But I question it. A lot of Catholic sources have questioned it. He's talking a lot about globalism and politics. And, and I always look through his statements and I don't see any scripture. So like, what is your, so here's the issue, folks. And I could do the same thing. I could get crazy and, and want this big footprint. And, you know, now I'm flying to Europe and I'm, I'm, I want to have control of all these people. What I'm trying to tell you is that the, I'm not saying any of these people are the Antichrist or the false prophet. But what I am saying is that the stage in the Christian culture is being set for this big footprint. So I talked to you last Sunday about the stage being set for the political footprint. Now we're talking about the spiritual footprint. And together, you, you, and again, 12 years ago, how, how could people be so dumb? How could so many be, people be controlled by one person? I have my answer now. I'm seeing it. In, 2020 is a nutty world. It, it's just a nutty year. And I don't know what's going to happen at the end, but it's just getting crazier and crazier. Okay. So the question is, is the, is, are our leaders bringing us closer to Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus, to know Jesus' teachings, or are they more interested in ecumenism and worldly philosophy? You have to ask yourself, and I'm just going to say this, I don't care if it's Calvary Chapel, Baptist, uh, Catholic, or any of these denominations, any situation where one man or one woman is at the head and has total control over that denomination, that's a problem. It's also unbiblical. It's also very unbiblical. If you studied the Bible long enough, you understand that. Two, two out of five is the false prophet's role in the counterfeit trinity. We already talked about the false prophet as the, as the false Holy Spirit. Um, the dragon or Satan is the false father, right? We read Isaiah, we read Ezekiel. Satan wanted to ascend and be like God and want, he wanted worship. So the dragon comes and he controls these people because he's the counterfeit father of the Trinity. The beast or the Antichrist is the counterfeit son. He's the counterfeit Messiah, right? And the truth is everybody has to worship something. People, some people worship themselves. Some people worship God. Some people worship, you know, I see how even in evolution and politics or even religion, you know, how, how people almost, it's almost like a, like a worship of it instead of a worship of God. And even sometimes the attitude before COVID and everybody was, you know, looking for churches and, you know, kicking the tires as if they're going to a car dealership. And it's like, well, I want to find a church. And you hear people say this, that fits my ideology, that fits my lifestyle, that fits my belief system. Hmm. When I was looking for a church and I left my denomination, I actually was looking for the truth. And I didn't always like the truth and I didn't always like the sermons. But once I understood and I trusted the, the pastor and the teachings in the Bible, because even though I was in a denomination, I didn't read the Bible. Then I had to submit to the teaching of God's word. It's just the way it is. So are we looking for the truth or are we looking for something that fits our preconceived ideas? The false prophet is a religio political leader. Again, like some in Christianity, listen to some of these leaders. I don't care what denomination they're from. Listen to them speak. Do they sound like politicians? Do they sound like men of the world? Do they, are they very light on the word? Or are they trying to teach you and grow you in your relationship with Jesus? Three, three out of five. The false prophet does signs and wonders. This is a good one. Verse 12 
the Antichrist it becomes a cult of personality. Remember, he survives what I would call an assassination attempt, and um, he, you know, he does well. So everybody looks at him like he's some, some sort of hero. The second beast, the false prophet, the great ecumenical leader, steers everyone to the first one, to the false messiah, through what? Signs and wonders of false spirituality. Verse 13, fire comes down from heaven. Now, I got to say this, many in the church, in the, in, in the Christian culture, could see somebody after church, down the street, in any church, and the guy goes, watch, I'm from God. Watch fire come down from heaven. And they're like, oh, he must be from God. You just got deceived. You just got deceived. Because, you know, bleeding statues and weeping paintings. And we're, I'm going to show you some signs and wonders in a video clip in a little bit. Exodus 7 through 9, Pharaoh's magicians did signs and wonders. So should the children of Israel worship Pharaoh and his and pagan gods? Of course not. Did you know that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are multi, multiple litmus tests for signs and wonders? Because God knew that the underworld would also have some limited power. Deuteronomy 13, the children of Israel right in the Torah are told, this is your litmus test for signs and wonders. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You can read it after church. But... Moses tells the people, so you see a sign and wonder, wonderful. Now test it. Here, let's read another scripture. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. It's the New Testament counterpart. John says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that was 2,000 years ago. There's a heck of a lot more false prophets that have come since his time. Two, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come into the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the setup, which I'm talking about, this setup. Which you have all, which you have heard was coming and now already is in the world. For you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And that's a great scripture proof test, text for new believers who are scared. They see things, they see uh, maybe some, some attacks that they get and they can't put their finger on it. And some, and it's okay, some new believers have asked, you know, can a Christian be possessed? And the answer is no, because you have it right there in verse 4. He who is in you, the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians, right, sealed with the Holy Spirit, is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. So you got that. Jesus and the Apostle Paul, Matthew 24, 2 Thessalonians 2, spoke about the deception in the last days. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, if you read it, that Jesus even references people who do miracles. And he says, they will come to me in the judgment and I will say, I never knew you. Now, that doesn't mean, again, we have some new believers in this church. Well, well, how do I know if I'm saved? Put that out of your head. These people are charlatans. They're doing these fake signs and wonders. They maybe have deceived themselves. They're certainly deceiving others. And in some, they're deceiving their congregations. Before I show this video, in the 60s, listen, I was in law enforcement for 25 years. So I would, 
I would have to deal with gangs. I would also have to deal with cults, which are a softer version of gangs. But at the same way, you get that those people's allegiance. You get their money. You isolate them from your families. Look at when you go home in your search engine, look at the 60s and 70s and look at some of these swamis that have come over from the East and have deceived people and have taken, um, actually people who are my age are probably a little older by now. They've brought them into their cult and it's just too long to show it. So I'm not going to show that, but you see these swamis who get a bunch of people to put on jumpsuits. They're all, they all look the same. They don't speak to their families anymore. They do these rituals and they, they convulse on the ground and they bang their heads against the, the floor. It's, it's so self-destructive. Um, you want to, you want to hear something, you, someone's going to come to your mind. If you look at some of these videos of these cults and these swamis, how they would say a certain thing and they would wave their hand and people would fall down. Yeah, that's right. So what you're going to see on this video is in America, in churches. Now, I'm not talking about during fellowship. I'm not saying that somebody told a joke. I'm talking about like we're doing here. There's a service going on. They're laughing, they're convulsing, they're falling on the floor, they're cackling. Um, so it's only about two and a half minutes. I want you to watch it, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So check it out. Full manifestation of that anointing. We got there. Yep. We got there. 
So we had somebody, <laughs> you could just give me a head shake. We had somebody last Sunday come forward to receive Jesus. If you came into this church and you saw us doing that for the service, would you come back? <laughs> he just said, absolutely not. There's no order there. That is not of God. But I'm going to tell you that there, the, 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 I call it the Christian culture because Jesus said that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the actual church. Unfortunately, there is a Christian culture, and Jesus said that there, there would be tares in that culture, and some of the tares would be teachers, okay? Um, if you follow in Hinduism the kundalini spirit, this serpent-like spirit that coils up at the bottom of your spine, I know people who are in this stuff, and it, it, it causes them to do things. It, it tells them what to do. This stuff is scary. But again, if you look at that, they were, some were drunk in the spirit, some were laughing in the spirit, some were waving their hands and knocking people over. Um, that's a compilation of several different churches. Bill Johnson of the New Apostolic Reformation is really wacky. Um, I mean, there's one kid that security had to get to him. He was banging his head against the floor and he was undulating like he was demon-possessed. I just don't understand how that's a, a manifest. Listen, some churches, we don't do everything perfect, and, and there is room for differences. There's some churches that are more liturgical. There was, there's some churches that are more homiletical. It's fine. But that is supposedly, it, it's where the spirit takes you over and causes you to do these very odd things. It's not a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So you have to test the spirits. You have to test the signs and wonders. And again, the, the world is being set up, even in the Christian culture, to receive a person who's going to come in and be able to deceive because people don't know the word at all. They don't know Deuteronomy 13. They don't know 1 John 4. They don't know, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 13, right? Um, they don't know the scriptures that God has put in there to tell them, don't believe every magic trick that you see. They, didn't, they don't know Exodus 7, 8, and 9 with Pharaoh's magicians, okay? Verse 13, again, fire from heaven. Revelation 11, the uh, two uh, prophets of God actually brought down fire from heaven. But again, this is another counterfeit. So that's the thing that you need to look at. The word today, the word for today is counterfeit. It's, it's a fake. Okay. Verse 14, major emphasis on this counterfeit resurrection that we saw last Sunday. So let me jump to four out of five is the image. <laughs> this is probably one of those things that are discussed so much among Christians when they read this. It's been on the History Channel. There's so much mystery behind it. So it's going to be fascinating. Um, number four out of five is the image or the representation of the beast. So this inanimate, it appears, image is given breath and given an ability to speak. What could this be? What could it be? Um, we know that we have the technology today in our country to clone animals. People have done it. There are some other countries that swear that they have the technology and they've already cloned humans. For ethics reasons, we haven't gone that far. But some countries say, this is, this is Bob and this is Bob too. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a little scary when human beings without a God guiding them plays God. So cloning, could it be a clone? Could it be a hybrid person? Uh, computer and human hybrid, like the Terminator, right? Um, that's, I think we probably have the technology. We, you know, for good reasons, if somebody loses a leg, we do have robotics to help them to walk again. That's not a bad thing. But when you get into uh, 
hybridizing human beings where the machine now starts to think for you and control you, that's a little scary. Or it makes you so superhuman that you could, you know, you could do whatever and, and you, you, you know, you could harm people, whatever. Could it be the Nephilim in Genesis, the hybrid race of demonic entities with human beings? See, I'm saying could it be because I don't have the answer, but it's something. Um, how about this? AI, artificial intelligence, plays a major role in this, no doubt. Pastor Vinny sent me some videos of some temples overseas where people go to, and there's hundreds of people in these temples. They literally make ro robots with synthetic skin. So they have the, the cages, like Terminator, right? They have cages of hydraulics and, and metal and and um, they're all computer, they're AI, artificial intelligence. You say something to them, and they respond to what you said. They're not like a robot where, you know, program me, you know, that kind of thing. They actually respond and can have a conversation with you. And I've seen these videos. They're creepy, too. So you have these people in robes, and they have this skin that looks real. And they're robots. And people actually bow down and worship them. <sighs> How could we be such an intelligent world and have so much intelligence and check our mind at the door when it comes to spiritual issues? We know that from all the scriptures we've covered in the last few Sundays that the, the third temple will be rebuilt. There will be a holy of holies. Um, Israel will have an agreement with this world leader. He'll lull them into a false sense of security. Um, they will start the, the ablations, you know, the sacrifices and the offerings. In the middle of the treaty, he'll stop it and he'll turn on them and he'll go into the temple of the Holy of Holies and present himself as God. Jesus speaks about that, Paul in 2 Thessalonians, etc. At this time, it's going to be a very hard time for anyone who practices the Jewish faith or even as a believer in Jesus because this autocratic system will be very hostile to the things of God. Verse 16 and 17, number five, the mark of the beast, right? So let's look at the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is, is a counterfeit what? It's a counterfeit filling of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. If you're a Christian today, you trust Jesus, right? God is the first. Satan is a cheap counterfeit. So you become a believer and God regenerates your, your spirit, he seals you with the Holy Spirit, a part of God. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Holy Spirit's there for you, convicts you, warns you, um, helps you, encourages you, always points you to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do, not that stuff. The Holy Spirit has specific roles. However, the mark of the beast is his fake sealing of the Holy Spirit, right? It's his own demonic spirit that's marked on people so that they follow him and that they worship him. He demands that worship. Let's go into a little bit more detail. They're going to put a lot of technology. I'm going to use names, and, and it's going to be very interesting. So if you, get, if you don't get the mark of the beast, it says you can't buy or sell. So we're talking about commerce. We're talking about economics. I'm going to tell you some other things that I believe you can't do. You won't be able to go to a doctor. You won't be able to do banking, check your credit card, log on to a computer, buy a house, register your car at DMV, use a phone, use a computer. Why do I say this? Because the technology is already here. Let me read to you a, a title of a, a very well-respected tech article or tech a journal. 2018, the article is MIT, right? The gold standard. MIT Tech Review. 
Here's the title. This company embeds microchips in their employees and they love it. So this is what they do after reading the article. Employee pulls up. He's got a microchip embedded in his hand. He waves it across the scanner. Thank you, sir. Uh, your parking for today is $3. He gets out of his car. He goes to, you know, his, the building, high security. He waves his hand across in front of the, this is happening today, in front of the door. Good morning, Mr. Wilson. Welcome. The door is unlocked for you. He comes in. He's hungry. He goes to the vending, mach vending machine. He takes his hand. He waves it across the scanner in the vending. This is all, these are all pilot programs. They're happening all over the world. And the candy pops out. He goes to his office, he waves his hand, the door unlocks, he goes to sit down at his computer, he waves his hand, the lights go on, the computer goes on. Hey, that's great. You, no one can hack into his computer because it has to read his chip. At the end of the day, he goes home and he waves his hand and it tells you all the money he spent, who, who he's called, who his contacts are, any phone calls he might have made. Total control. I believe also that the IP address, right? IP addresses can be masked. Um, and again, this is all going to be under the guise of is so law enforcement can help crack down on fraud. So the IP address will probably everyone will have their own IP address. It'll be embedded into that chip. They'll be able to track you from the satellite. They already say that the, the ability is here. Right. Um, you talk about megadata, data mining, the NSA. Remember the NSA scandal years ago? Everybody forgot about that, but they're still doing it. Everything we do, every phone call we make, every email, they have the ability to check it out. So just so you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Director Jim Comey, who was the former FBI director, said, and I quote, I have black masking tape over all my computer cameras and microphones. Why did the director of the FBI do that? Because he knows his buddies over the, at, at the NSA are watching everything he does. Right? It's getting weird. So, again, name names, no problem. I talked about big tech last Sunday. Tristan Harris, former Google employee, blowing the whistle. It's questionable why he's come out now. Left Google, blowing the whistle, as well as other tech people, Facebook, etc., of all the psychological manipulation they've been doing to us on Google, on Facebook, etc. Tristan Harris said, and I quote, this is a threat to our democracy. Why did he say that? Because I tell you right now that Republicans and Democrats, you have to pay attention when they both agree on something, before the election have decided not to deal and rein in big tech, not to put any restrictions on them because they know that big tech has the ability to, remember Tristan Harris, it's a name, look it up when you get home. They have the ability to manipulate minds and get you to vote for the person who's not going to come after them, Right? Look it up. Look up the, the man's name. So, I mean, I could go on and on, but I'm not. Um, but this is what's going on in today's society. Now, ask me if I look worried about this stuff. The answer is no. You all know me. To make everyone feel better. And Christians overfocus, and, and that's a problem. Christians sometimes overfocus on these things instead of being more concerned with their daily walk and relationship with Jesus Christ. So number one, from everything I've read in scripture, we're not going to be here for this. The church is going to be removed. Number two, you're not going to be duped to take it. You take it with the full understanding with the worship of the beast. 
And I get bombarded with inboxes, oh my goodness, on my cell phone, on Facebook. You got to see this. You, if I looked at every video everybody sent me, that's all I would be doing all day and night. Calm down. Don't do this. Don't take that. Just take it easy. When the mark of the beast comes, everybody will know it. It's not done surreptitiously. You will not be able to go on with your life unless you live off the grid, unless you take the mark and unless you worship the beast. That's my reading of the scriptures. So let's move on. That's just one of those uh, discussions that just people, they have all these ideas and they're, listen, are there precursors to the mark? Absolutely. I just gave you some. Is there an infrastructure set up for this guy to do this? Absolutely. I just read it to you. But, uh, you know, if you, are you in Jesus Christ? Then don't worry about it. Verse 18 He says, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And this is another one. Um, There was a movie in the 70s. You know, I'm dating myself. Um, Remember Damien, the omen, the little boy, and he had the the tattoo of 666 when they moved his hair out of the way. Um, And that was when they had tattoos. Now technology has so far surpassed that. It's kind of old hat. Motorola, the last, I still remember the article I have in my office. Motorola, the last time I, I taught, the premier in communications, especially in the emergency services, has developed, they were exper- experimenting a sort of laser etching on the, on the neck, like a, like a laser skin with a chip in it, where now, talk about hands-free phone use, <laughs> you can talk all day long, call home. There's nothing in your hands. It's going through your neck, and it's, it's picking it up on the Bluetooth in your car or the satellite or whatever the case may be. So the technology exists for all these things to happen. It's not conspiracy stuff. It's here. Um, but he, here, again, here is where I always have to caution to, to fall into the extremes. Now, sometimes people use numerology, which almost becomes a worship of itself, the worship of numbers, to now we're looking at, I've heard this, Bill Clinton's the Antichrist, George W. Bush is the, I got to make it even, because I've heard both, you know. Um, this global leader is the Antichrist. Look, look, if you take his name and cut off the first part and leave, guys, stop with the, with the numerology, man. It makes us look weird, you know what I'm saying? You all experienced it, or maybe you did it when you were immature and then you grew in Christ. It's like, stop telling me. And people in Calvary Chapel did this. It was some guy. It's like, what if he's not the Antichrist and he hears about this and thinks we're all a bunch of weirdos. We're saying he's the Antichrist and this guy needs to get saved. I mean, come on, stop it. So the numerology gets crazy. I've said this before. There are just some portions of scripture that are written for those left behind. And I know many of you, you witness to people, witness, they don't want to hear it. And you know that maybe when you're gone, the Lord removes you, um, that they may start flipping the pages of the scripture and they may be one of those tribulation saints and praise God. So trust me, the people who are left behind will read this and go, oh, I know who it is. We don't, but they will. So we don't have to know everything, but you know, God is, is brilliant. He, he writes stuff for us and he writes stuff for people that he still wants to be, to see saved in the tribulation. Amen. So, we, you know, as Christians, we can't run around like the sky is falling. We've got to be calm. We've got to realize that when we, when we say that God is control, in control, it affects our demeanor as well. Amen? So, spirituality, deception, and propaganda. My question to you is, where are you spiritually? Where am I spiritually? 
are, are, are you ripe for, to be deceived by a few magic tricks? Have you been regularly attending a movement or a church that's heavy on signs and wonders, but there's almost no scripture? You come in out of that church, the hair stands on the back of your neck, you have a feeling, but you, you didn't learn anything about God and you don't know how to apply it to your life. Do you follow someone blindly who has a high ecclesiastical title? These are all important questions because that has everything to do with this chapter. Satan is using tares, right? Jesus tells us this, to infiltrate the church as an organization. Now, I say church, church, church. There's three understandings of, of church. The people who have accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior are the true church. Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail. However, there's also the church as an organization. There's also the Christian culture, which has tares inside of it. And even Jesus said that his servants would say, well, should we uproot them? He says, wait until the end. Let them all grow together, and then we'll destroy the tares, and we'll, we'll, take, we'll harvest the good wheat. And that's a picture of true and false believers, right? There are organizations today that are trying to lull people into a false spiritual coma and set them up for this movement. Folks, we live in an age of information, but we also live in an age of malinformation and disinformation. Are you able to discern the difference? And that comes with more understanding and study of the word. Do we want to be able to see the truth? Second Corinthians 4, 4 and many scriptures like it um, really tell us that, you know, that almost like spiritual cataracts are removed when you start to, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you start studying the word, you can see things for what they are, where the world can't. And you might get frustrated and, you know, we have to learn patience with our loved ones who you're trying to explain things to them and they're just not seeing it. And you can't, and it's right in front of their face, but you can't make them see it because according to the scripture, if they don't know the Lord and not filled with the Holy Spirit, at that point, they can't see it. They cannot possibly see it because their spirituality carries even their intelligence level. You know, how did, how are so many people caught up in these cults? How are lawyers, doctors, and people with masters and doctorate degrees caught up in cults? So getting caught up in, in deception has nothing to do with your educational level. There were doctors down in Guyana that mixed the Kool-Aid and the cyanide for Jim Jones, and they drank it themselves. They were lawyers. They were doctors, highly educated people. How did they go along with this? Every cult that we see, there's highly intelligent and educated people in it. How does that happen? Because they can't see the deception. So there is a scary time coming on the earth. But I believe very strongly from the scripture that as believers, we're not going to be here for it. However, we, know, we need to know how to be inoculated from following some of these movements that are bringing us or bringing the world into that venue. And also how to um, help inoculate our loved ones from falling into that as well. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfield's by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.